0: What's the best spaceship design? Now, I'm a man who's designed seven spaceships and I'd like to talk to you about that. And I'd also like to talk to you about historical and future spaceship designs. Um, And also give commentary on um, both video game and uh, science fiction uh, forecasts. So the best spaceship design, uh, functionally, is uh, a large square uh, without a lot of uh, elevation. Because with a large square, you can um, make it like a city grid and you can take a large population of people and they can each have their own independent micro-housing, like a yacht or like a hotel with a bed, a bathroom, a sink, a TV if they want uh, for movies or whatever, video games. But they could they can have everything that they need for a longer space journey. Now, the reason that's the best is because... Um, If you make everything out of circles, then what you end up with is a uh, flower of life kind of uh, design where um, you have a bunch of unused and extra space in between. So that's the best and most functional use of space in a spaceship where you're taking a large population. Now, the best design for a cargo ship is a cargo ship where the uh, engine drive is near the things that are being hauled as cargo, either above it or below it typically based on the um, propulsion system. However, with various propulsion systems, um, we can get different effects. But in either case, you wanna have the loading in the spaceship symmetrical throughout the spaceship. And the reason is, if you have a heavy load in the back then the back is getting, um, is, anytime the engine fails, going to have more of an exertion of gravity on the back than in the front, and the spaceship's going to start to fall pointed upward. And so you lose um, static positioning of the spaceship. It's not level. So where we can do symmetrical loading in a circle, maybe even a square, but a circle around the drive, the engine, the thing that makes it go, will give you the most symmetrical performance. Now, when we're talking about rockets and things like that, I don't typically discuss this because if we're traveling through space with a faster than light engine, which is required for very, very long distance travel, then what you end up with typically is, um, is, a, is a spaceship design, that's designed to have consoles and places to stand for the crew to travel. Now, in the future, we might see big, monolithic kind of spaceships that are like the um, the Daedalus or like the Enterprise. And um, the reason we might see those is so large crews of men and women can try to travel to other worlds and do surveys and gather information, but also to make war. And with those big, monolithic designs, what they're really doing is they're bolting components to, uh, um, to stuff. So what, here's what they got. They got the engine and the... Um, and the drive system. And that's two two systems. So you have a like a rocket type thing in the back that makes it go. But you also have on the, on the Enterprise a warp engine. And on the uh, Daedalus some other kind of engine. And uh, what was it? Ion drive or something. And so with those kinds of engines, you have the engine separate from the uh, propulsion system. And so you bolt the engine down in the middle of the ship. And then you bolt the propulsion sh- um, system on the back apparently and then um then you have a place for the crew to sit and operate all of the controls a captain to tell everyone what to do because there's too many controls one person to operate communications another one to operate uh weapons another one to operate uh piloting another one to do um micro adjustments on the engine and so you end up with a lot of different control systems and so you end up bolting chairs down with uh when i say controls i mean like a keyboard and mouse kind of controls. Uh, joysticks levers buttons anything you can use anything for a control that's that's one interesting thing about um, science fiction a button can be a control it's like on or off you can use uh, sliders like they use on uh, audio mixing boards you can use levers joysticks you can use um, Xbox controllers which are very effective and might be the one of the most efficient or effective kinds of designs they lack the kind of um, what would we call it finesse required for a spaceship I want want to use an Xbox control exactly as it is because it's a little bit uh, under finesse unless you have really good finesse uh, control with your hands otherwise a spaceship might dart forward suddenly but an Xbox kind of control um, or Playstation or Nintendo with um, dongles, levers and buttons all over it could probably control an entire spaceship any control will work So once you got all the different controls, you realize, do you want a large crew or a small crew? And for a large crew, you need crew quarters, a place for them to sleep, a place for them to eat, a place for them to go to the bathroom and take showers, especially if they're a crew that's out there for six months or two years or longer. They need all of that continually. And then if you have a propulsion-based engine, then you need fuel systems. If you have a, um, a design like I like to make, I like I like designs with, um, a drive system that has no need for fuel and then therefore no need for fuel storage. You also have to deal with oxygen, water for drinking, and food storage. So the best shape of a a spaceship, if it's gonna be a large spaceship, is gonna be one that um, houses everyone and doesn't tear apart when you go through space. See, if you made a spaceship that was a a long rectangle shaped like a yardstick, that's one inch wide and three feet long but you might say a meter long if you're in other countries but if it's a three feet long uh, yardstick one inch wide and if it goes sideways then what would happen is if you ever have an inconsistency in the engine propulsion system if it's rocket based or propulsion based then you put the engine at the um, in the middle the two sides break off if you put the engine on either side the middle will bow like bend and might break and so that's an inefficient design you end up making it more like a square or like a circle so the ship doesn't tear apart with the engines this might be why the USS Enterprise on Star Trek is uh, has two engines one on either side to prevent the ship from tearing apart Now, you might say if you have uh, inertial dampening systems that control for those kinds of things, then it's fine. And that's probably, possibly true, but you got two problems. The first one is that with inertial dampening systems, they um, they have to be micro-controlled. By micro, I mean every atom. Otherwise, some atoms will accelerate faster than others, and then your elbow bone might go out of the back of your elbow on the right arm, while the rest of your body goes forward if you don't go forward symmetrically with the inertial dampening system. So it has to be done in a calibrated uh, micro-controlled method. And so it's better to have a big, um, if you have a big ship, the same shape as your micro-controlled inertial dampening system. If your inertial dampening system is um, based on a ship that's a long rectangle like a yardstick then you probably need many inertial dampeners throughout the entire ship. So for efficiency, you end up going with a square, a rectangle, or a circle. Futuristic warships in the future might be designed by military designers. So even if the designer wants to make a circle, the uh, military might want a bunch of rectangles because that's what they demand. Because that's better for war, according to them. And then they... Uh, Then you might have a ship designed for military and not for space travel. And it might have a lot of strange problems with buckling and things. Exactly like what we see in science fiction movies. And uh, it'd be caused by the military demanding something that they don't understand. And then they have to... And then in the ship, they have to put in a whole bunch of um, metal support. beams and bracing so uh it prevents the ship from uh collapsing because they want a bunch of rectangles because they want it for war and that's uh that's a really bad ship design a very bad ship design in a lot of ways but it's probably what's going to be happening in the future because the military in this world and then later on other worlds is probably going to want those kinds of ships especially when they have inferior weapons such as uh, bullets and bombs rockets missiles projectile weapons are inferior weapons in space and they leave a lot of garbage then when you have um so what you end up with is if you're just going to travel and you're just going with your crew then you might have a place for four five six seven eight men to stand ten men five men and you might have two or three or four of them operating controls so you end up with a circle design one person to watch where you go forward and another person to watch behind to make sure that you're not colliding with the planet and no enemies are chasing you. Uh, Those that are on the right and the left, they can be watching out of windows also and they might be controlling things like communications or light systems or sensors for surveys. Maybe they're putting information into computers for maps and they can do other things. They can like change the music if you hear a song you don't want to listen to right now if you're traveling through space listening to music. So, a spaceship design that's a circle, shaped like a flying saucer, has um, slanted uh, edges, 360 degrees, which is the perfect shape for consoles. No one needs to stand there. But it's tall in the middle for people to stand, and that's why the most common ship design we see in uh, fictional alien encounters is a a, um, flying saucer. It's the optimal design You have less problems with inertial dampening, less problems with the engine and the drive, less problems with the, um, places to stand. You can see in every direction. It's easy to control. You're standing near enough to each other. You can all talk to each other. You're not far away. It's a ship that doesn't require a large crew. It's the most efficient and the most effective. And the other reason is because the Falrauken have designed ships that are similar to this, and so have I. And those are the only two spaceships that you ever see in this galaxy, those two ship designs. And they don't come to Earth. It's just that often. It's almost, Almost never. So it's the most efficient design. It's not because aliens are bad at design. It's because if you think about it, you have four tables with controllers on there like keyboards and mouse kind of controls it's not exactly like that but they have a lot of buttons the Rail can have buttons on there they, use, they like to use buttons uh, my ships had varying controls I, I specifically chose the controls that I wanted and I used the controls that were available and so um, the controls on the spaceship based on what you want to use those can be anything but what you have is you have controls that make it go forward and back up and down left and right tilt sway pitch swash this is an important control that i like And so you can do all those controls with your uh xbox or playstation controller your buttons, switches levers sliders anything else like a music mixing uh eq equalizer or volume control it's a slider you can you can use those kinds of controls to control the ship and um You put them on a table, and it fits perfectly on a um, slanted edge of a flying saucer that's round. It fits perfectly. You have space underneath to put any um, components under the table, kind of like putting a computer under your computer desk. You have space above it to put um, displays, just like you would have a monitor for your computer, a HUD, and a, a window system. And it's exactly what you need. You can see where you're going. You can see space maps. And you can use the controls. And there's no wasted or extra space. Now it's an inferior design for um, fighters, single um, pilot, um, space fighters, Those would typically be longer because they're a smaller target to hit with weapons available on the sides. Available on the sides. And also, um, for taking a crew, you want seating for the crew typically, and they might want to strap in just so they don't um, bounce around if anything weird happens. But they don't need to if you have an excellent design for your ship. Uh, I say design, an excellent build. And so they might just sit on a bench or two in the back and then there would be like a short tube. Pilots in the front, a tube in the back. An excellent ship design only needs one pilot. And then if you have two sitting in the front, then maybe someone else is there to do everything else, to get food, to turn music on and off, to do communications, to uh, just do anything interesting. Maybe, maybe you don't want to control the displays, so maybe they, uh, maybe they control the displays. You know the HUD the maps uh, maybe they can pull up information about the world you're about to visit what is their language their culture like what are things that you, you that would offend them that you shouldn't say um, there's um, several worlds out there in this universe where you don't typically say head or hat uh, in their language and uh, two worlds where you don't point at their head you don't point at their head. Uh, one reason is that you might be accusing them of being big headed, like arrogant. Um, another reason is that, um, you're saying their heart is small, that they don't have compassion. And for them, that's an insult. But if you say head, um, then, um, you might be saying their hair is weird, curiously. And, um, on one of the worlds, uh, You're accusing them of wanting to be a king, ruling the world, which is another accusation of like arrogance, pride, and um, wanting to destroy the people. They might call it a somber disposition to infirmity. Another way to say that would be wanting to destroy the people. So it's like calling them a bad king. So you don't say head. On some of the worlds, you don't say hair, uh, because in one place you're saying that they're very top-headed, meaning their thoughts are, um, they're thinking they're that you're accusing them of being a man who thinks he's superior to the people, um, by thinking too high and lofty thoughts that are unattainable and insulting to the rest of the people because they don't want it and they don't understand it. Now the people aren't simple or anything like that. It's kind of like, um, Saying a man is egotistical and um, deranged in his slightly arrogant, over-ambitious thinking about changing the world in ways that don't need to be done because it hurts the people and deprives them of wealth, property, causes poverty, destitution, uh, loneliness. They might find themselves alone. There's a long list. And so just saying the word hair for them would be an insult. So somebody that's in a second control might pull up those kinds of things for diplomacy. Don't say head, don't say hair, and don't point at their head on these three worlds. And so um, that spaceship design would be like a tube. So there'd be seating for um, a crew in the back that might be like a land crew. So then when they leave the ship, they go and do stuff. There's room for a little bit of cargo. So you can put cargo racks and uh, places overhead to hang things that are there for like emergencies, first aid kits and stuff like that. And then you would also need places to conceal things. This is going to sound odd, but if you actually have weapons for self-defense, you actually might want to conceal those. Because what if you leave your ship and somebody goes to your ship and finds your weapons and then uses them against you? You, you, On most space journeys right now in the universe, you don't need to bring weapons at all. None are needed. So you'd conceal them, not because you have a secret motive to kill them, but instead because... You don't want someone to steal your weapons. Or what if a child gets a gun on another world and kills himself on accident or kills his sister? Now you're known as a murderer on the other world and you might be tried as a murderer and die right there because of you making weapons accessible. So you would put them in a lockbox and then you create another problem where you have weapons with you and you don't need them. So I'm, I'm an advocate right now for never bringing any weapons on any space journey ever. Uh, not long ago, some decades ago, I visited a people known as the Ralkin And I went there on a spaceship and then I landed and then I talked to them. I made it, I said, I have the key to the spaceships. You can't steal it. None of the technology will work. So if you try to disassemble it, you'll end up breaking it. So just please don't touch my ship. Let's just all go together so I can trust you. And please be peaceful. Let's, and I said, let's, I said, let's be peace. Now for us that have higher knowledge and a lot of mathematical knowledge, that's a clear uh, statement and saying that doesn't offend anyone, makes sense, let's be peace. Instead of talking about peace, saying things about peace, pretending to be peaceful, offering things we don't want, let's just be peace. And for them, it just made clear sense. And we all went together and they never tried to take my ship apart to learn the technology. And then when I talked to them, I had no weapons the whole time. I just trusted them and they trusted me and they still trust me to this day. Even though a lot of them have died, the next generation and the generation after, still trust me because I was honest. I said, I like your technology. It's cool. There's a lot of things about it. It's great. There are things about it I don't like, but but you like those things. So I'm not going to try to change them. I don't want them for myself. I want different technology. And that means we have a lot to talk about and we can be friends because we're not going to steal from each other. So a spaceship design can have a key, a big key. And when you show them saying, I have the key, it's in my hand. Um, mine is like the size of a big metal clipboard. Or like a small, a very small dresser drawer—not dresser, uh, like a nightstand drawer. A little bit smaller than that. If I could hold it in my hand, it's big. And then I can say, "I have the key. You can't take the spaceship. Don't take it from me. It's mean." And then I just talked to them, and we had excellent communication with men from another world that have a lot of weapons. So without weapons, what did I bring instead? A key. A key is one of the most useful things you can have in your hand when you go to other people my key is was a specially designed key if you open it up it has things you need in there it has paper uh pins to write things down believe it or not even 50,000 years in the future paper and pins are still useful to have with you and I had nothing that would offend them and I could show them what's in the key and there were no secrets and then there was trust because there were no secrets. So the best spaceship design is um, typically gonna be a flying saucer if you have a small crew. It's gonna have a key so no one can steal your spaceship. Then you can trust each other. It's gonna have, uh, for some places, they want security. So computer codes and things like that. Um, And um, emergency switches, turning things off. So if someone tries to steal your spaceship, they flip, the foul route can flip a bunch of switches off. So you can't figure out how to turn their ship on, even if you push the button. And I know every switch on their ships because they told me, because they trust me. So, for peaceful space communication, what you have is a bunch of opportunities to talk to men. And with spaceships, you can get there and have the conversation. And if you have a big ship that's covered with guns on the outside, every time you land, they will not trust you. And if you try to go to the Falralcon with a big... Daedalus type spaceship, they would blow you the fuck up. They'd launch 18 ships and overwhelm you and destroy you so you all die or take a few captive and try to figure out why you went there because it was wrong for you to point a bunch of weapons at them. So if the military ever designed spaceships and they put, if they put guns on the outside of the spaceship, you can't go to other worlds because you're pointing guns at them the whole time. At the very least, what you would need to do is tell them this is a warship. And so we're gonna keep it far away and then we'll come closer on small personal craft that are shaped like a tube or a flying saucer, something that they might be more familiar with. Now, if you wanna be cool, you can make it look like a Corvette or a Camaro or a Mercedes or a Ferrari or a Porsche. And you can make it look like a Star Wars episode three kind of space car that goes up above the ground. Now, those are a horrible design that will be used in the future. And the reason that they're a horrible design is you kind of have to reconfigure the whole world to teach people how to fly in lanes above the world. Or what they'll do is they'll accidentally crash into buildings all the time with their cars. But a skilled pilot can pilot one of those really easily. Same thing with like scooters that go above the ground and stuff. Even if you're only like a foot above the ground, they become a little bit uncontrollable, and if you mess up the, um, the system that makes you go above the ground, it might bounce off the ground and go up at a strange angle and fly into a building. Or you might hit a pole. So then you have to rebuild your whole society so that, see in the earth right now, there's obstructions everywhere. So if, a, if someone on a scooter that has no tires it, it bounces, they might accidentally crash into a street sign pole. is really dangerous for them or if their machine malfunctions if you built it poorly which is common in the earth because you want to build things fast so the best spaceship design is the one that can get you there so you can talk to the people without pointing a gun at them now for war the best spaceship design you're ever going to have is going to be a giant board cube and the reason is if they attack the outside of the ship and damage it you still have an inner cube that works and a cube inside that that works. And a cube inside that that works. It's a multi-layered... Um, uh, what would be the word for the hull being very strong and resistant to buckling? Um, it's a multi-layered, armored, and protected um, collapsing hull system that would protect you... Even if you're losing the battle or the war. With multiple weapon launch systems that can... Um, Work from any of the layers inside the cube. Now the problem with that is getting it in and out of um, space and traveling, because when you have a large shape like that, it's really hard to control the um, the inertial dampening, you might call it, on the corners to make sure that when you're traveling at 200,000 times the speed of light, or whatever speed you go, to say 50,000 times the speed of light, which is still very fast, you um, with that hull system, the corners might tear apart during acceleration. So a sphere would be superior to a cube as far as the engine drive, let's say drive system, or um, uh, what I just said, the uh, inertial dampening system. And a cube might be superior for war, but that's too expensive. Building building a cube that's as uh, big as the city of Sacramento or Chicago or something wide, and tall, I don't know how tall Bohr Cubes are in Star Trek. I don't know that much about that show. I've only seen a couple of episodes when I was younger. Out of a general interest. But building with that much metal is incredibly expensive. So the military is probably going to go with you know, a few rectangles bolted to a, um, a propulsion system. And a captain's chair with uh, controls in the front. An engine room with engineers working on the engine all the time and then crew quarters and a lunch area so there's a place for marines and that's probably what they would use and then they'd probably almost never fight anyone on other worlds there's not a lot of fighting like that and it's not effective if a, if they if a spaceship like that brought a hundred marines to another world they could just form an army of a million men and then overwhelm the marines so like it's not really effective to go to war on the ground on other worlds they would just overwhelm you and so it's not advised to go to war so I don't like to build warships and right now there's none that I know of that are designed for a troop invasion so go with this flying saucer if you have a proper drive system you put computer desks in there that are made of metal bolted to it I guess and then you put your displays and your controls and if you have an engine that's attached to it you're ready to fly as long as you have oxygen and a toilet and water and food you're ready to go and the door system works really well also on that um, if you land in a flying saucer it, this, if the, the ground soft and goes down a little bit the door still opens perfectly because you're above the ground and you can walk down to the ground if you have the, a, a ground based door system where the ground is at floor level there could be trees and shit in the way or bushes grass and then the door doesn't like open properly when you close the door like bushes are getting in i mean it's kind of embarrassing to go to another world and not know how to get the door closed in your spaceship but also there could be mud and other things and so when you have a ramp that's at an incline you can choose where you walk down and then you walk down to the dirt and you don't get mud all over your shoes if there's mud next to your spaceship or if it sinks a little bit you don't get mud in your spaceship you can put a doormat on an inclined ramp, and it's really awkward to do this on a ramp that's at ground level because you might get mud all over the ramp, even if it's a ground level and flat, horizontal, parallel with the surface of the world you're at in the dirt, in the mud. And it gets real dirty, and then you have a filthy spaceship. And if you have a filthy spaceship, then you're going to get dirt in the spaceship, and you're going to get dirt all over your controls. You need to keep the inside of the spaceship clean, and if you're always cleaning it, then you're wiping off. Where, where do you want to keep the dirt off? The... Um, the machine components for the controls because if they fail in space then you can't control your ship and you might crash into a world so how do you do that you wipe off cables what in the earth you might use electronics and then you're tearing them apart on accident because of the pressure from the rag and you don't want to wipe it down that often so just keep the dirt out of it build a flying saucer and have an incline ramp so those are a few thoughts about spaceship design just me kind of ranting because i'm just interested in this right now these are just my thoughts coming from someone who's built seven spaceships, who's seen um, many of the spaceships in this galaxy, maybe, maybe every one that's ever been built. I probably have. I've seen spaceships on other worlds on, in the universe, and uh, one of them kind of does have a Daedalus design, interestingly, but it's not a warship. I don't think it has any weapons on it. and. Um, There's like places to sit and stuff like that. They just visit other worlds. So I've seen a lot of spaceships and I intend to build a lot more. So those are some of my thoughts on design. Now the last thing is affordability. When we design a spaceship, we end up thinking about all the features we want. And so when we think about features, we massively increase the cost. But the most affordable spaceship design versus the most um, expensive. What you realize is you want a spaceship that lasts. So when you build spaceships now, what you're building is fuel-powered rockets that burn and go up into the atmosphere to launch a shuttle. That when it comes down, it basically just falls down to the earth and you try to keep it from tumbling. And so that design is a, is what we'd call a temporary design. There's no long-lasting commitment to keep spaceships looking like that for the next uh ten thousand years in the earth you're not committed to that in the earth in nasa so if you want to look at varieties star wars provided the most variety of spaceship design but there's a lot in star trek and there might be others in other sci-fi shows uh stargate talked about those a little bit but not that much they mostly talked about earth-based designs and pyramids which is kind of interesting But if you're looking for a long-lasting design, what you would do is you would think, what what would we most likely use in 100 million times 100 billion times 100 trillion years? What would we do? What would it look like? It would probably be a flying saucer with four tables and controls.